This is Mike Morford, host of The Murder of My Family, and I want to tell you about a podcast I think you're really going to like. It's called Exposed, Cover Up at Columbia University. Dr. Robert Haddon was the kind of OBGYN you recommend to your best friend. He was calm, knowledgeable, and he greeted everyone with a smile. But his cheerful demeanor hid an ugly truth. Dr. Robert Haddon was found to be a sexual predator who abused hundreds and potentially thousands of patients over his decades-long career. Once these stories began to see the light of day, one question remained. How was this physician, who was trusted with the lives of so many, able to get away with this for so long? When the powerful institution he worked for was confronted with these accusations, did it choose to protect its own reputation? Exposed Cover-Up at Columbia University, the new podcast from Wondery, is a story about people who are supposed to protect us, physicians, prosecutors, and the people around them. And it asks, How did these institutions fail? What does it say about our system that a doctor from a prestigious institution was better protected than dozens of patients? And how do we seek justice and accountability in the future when it takes a small army to bring down just one egregious abuser? I'm about to play you a clip from Exposed cover-up at Columbia University. Listen to Exposed on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to Exposed ad-free on Wondery Plus. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts today. Just a heads up, this episode contains graphic descriptions of sexual assault. We felt it was important to include these details to understand the reality of what survivors experience. But as you'll see, this is a story about much more than that. If you or someone you know is a survivor of sexual assault, you're not alone, and we'll share a list of resources at the end of the episode. Please take care while listening. Just after lunch one Friday afternoon, Lori Kanyak walked into a Columbia University Medical Center on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. She was here for a postpartum exam. She stepped into the elevator and went up to her obstetrician's office. When it was her turn to be seen, a nurse showed her to the exam room and took her vitals. Lori changed into a hospital gown and waited. Her pregnancy had been considered high risk. She was almost 40. She had previously miscarried, and her years as a professional dancer had left her with back injuries. She wanted the best possible care. A friend of mine had worked for years at Columbia Hospital, and she and a lot of her other friends had been patients of Dr. Robert Haddon, and she said, hey, why don't you check him out? He's very good. And Columbia was one of the top medical names in the country. I felt lucky that I had that hospital carrying me through this. And now here she was, six weeks after delivering a beautiful baby girl. It was supposed to be a routine checkup. While Lori was lying on the exam table, scrolling through her phone, enjoying a few hours out of the house without a baby to care for, Dr. Robert Haddon finally stepped into the room, like he always did, wearing his crisp white coat with his glasses and prim gray beard. He's a skinny Santa Claus, like a grandpa. He jumped right in with his usual chit-chat. Hey, how's it going? How's the baby? Blah, blah, blah. Wow, you look good. You lost a lot of weight. Well, I'm, I'm a dancer. I'm at my fighting weight again, like we don't mess around kind of thing. A nurse was with him. He performed a breast exam and a pelvic exam. 
you're looking good, everything's good, nurse leaves. Dr. Haddon started to follow the nurse out, but stopped. Oh, I forgot your hemorrhoids. Oh, and you have stitches. I thought you just saw them. They were in the examination room, alone. And that's when I knew this was not going to go very well. She froze. In that moment, she had a flashback to the first time Dr. Haddon made her feel uncomfortable. She was at the end of her second trimester, lying on the exam table, unable to see over her pregnant belly. I had this cool sensation on my area, and I was like, that didn't feel like an examination. Here I am, 38 years old. I know what it feels like. That night, she told her partner what happened. He thought it was just the hormones, and she told herself to refocus on what mattered most. I was sort of like, okay, the goal here is to deliver a healthy child. You put yourself aside. You want to know that the baby's still there. You want to see a heartbeat. You want to know that the umbilical cord isn't wrapped around their necks. Then another moment flashed in front of her. I was really pregnant, like walrus pregnant. It was right before she was due. She went in for a dilation check. And he said, this might hurt a little bit and you're going to bleed after. The force of the dilation check lifted Lori's body off the table. To the point where I was holding the sides of the table with my hands. She heard him moan. When she'd actually gone into labor and another physician gave her a dilation check that she'd barely even felt, it briefly dawned on her that what Haddon had done might not have been normal. And now, alone with him in the examination room, Lori's suspicion turned into sheer panic. It was like in that moment, all the two incidences prior to me delivering her were culminating in that moment right there. He told her to lay back down. I'm naked in a room with a man. What was going to happen if I caused a scene? I laid down. I had my phone in my hand. And he said, go ahead, put your feet in the stirrups. So I did. And he grabbed one of those, like, uh, paper blanket things that they have. And he put it over my knees and he pulled it taut. So if you can imagine, like, your knees are up, it formed a bridge, like a wall. And all of a sudden, his head dipped down. And he licked my vagina. And I jumped up. And his face turned beet red. Dr. Haddon began talking as though nothing had happened. You know those cartoons where you see lips moving, but you hear slow motion? Lori frantically texted her partner. I said, Dr. Haddon just licked my vagina. Her partner paid an off-duty cab driver 50 bucks to get him to the building on East 60th Street. Meanwhile, Dr. Haddon was still talking. And he said to me, stop in my office and get birth control. I was like, okay, great. He finally left the exam room. Lori grabbed her clothes. I was somewhere between shock, hyperventilation, and sort of like, I got to get out of here. In my head, I just kept saying, I got to get out of here. She tried to slip out of the building as fast as she could. But behind her, in the hallway, she heard Dr. Haddon following her, calling out, Lori, you forgot your prescription. She panicked and faked a phone call from the babysitter, insisting she had to leave. 
And I get downstairs and the dad was there. 911 operator 1520, where's your emergency? My fiance was at her OBGYN. Uh huh. And, um, he basically did something inappropriate to her. Oh. Okay, did he? I just went up there and took her from there and brought her home. Did he harass her, sir? What? No, he, he basically touched her orally. Okay. How long ago did this happen? It's been now about half an hour to 40 minutes. Okay. And I hope that no little girl ever has to feel that because that is being trapped in a prison that you you got to get out. Like, you just want to get out. And that's the part that never goes away. The NYPD met Lori and her partner at their apartment, and while she was giving her statement, Dr. Haddon called her. Yeah, hi, Lori. It's Dr. Haddon calling. It's like 4.30 on Friday. He started in his very mild tone of voice, and then he proceeded to get more and more agitated. What the heck happened? What What's going on? Um, I'm very upset. I, I don't know what, what's going on, so please, if... Please call me back or, um, all right. The cops glanced at one another. The one detective said, fuck him, let's go get this pig. I was like, yeah, okay, I've got people on my team. There's people going to bat with me. And they did. Until they didn't. Dr. Robert Haddon was arrested at his office. The police report shows that at least two Columbia University administrators were aware that he'd been taken into custody, including the department chair, Mary Dalton, and administrator Jeannie De La Carey, who also left a message for Lori that afternoon. Um, I had heard that you had an incident that happened that you were unhappy about um, today. That was Friday, June 29th, 2012. On Tuesday, Dr. Robert Haddon went back to work. Don't forget, you can listen to Exposed cover up at Columbia University ad-free on Wondery Plus. Get started with your free trial at wondery.com plus. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you back here soon.